Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dark down for a while Hi, it's Jackie Cation And you are listening to The Dork Forest The website's JackieCation.com DorkForest.com TheDorkForest.com if you like a determiner Let's do the credits. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio and video. Vilmos works on JackieCation.com. And Mike Rickberg uh, sang the song with his wife, Sarah. He composed it, and he will sing his version of the Mexican hat dance at the end of this show. Thank you so much for listening to The Dorks Forest. Here's a scoop. I'm doing stand-up online. A lot of Zoom shows will eventually go back on the road. Sign up for my email list. It's easy to get off. It's harder to get on than it is to get off. And no harm, no foul. If ever bored, JackieCasia.com, sign up for the email list. You'll find out about my weekly Zoom shows and stand up on the road eventually. You may donate to the show if you would like. I would like. Sure, I would. There's PayPal, Jackie at JackieCasia.com, and there is a PayPal button on both ZorkForest.com and JackieCasia.com, and there's Venmo if you like Venmo, Jackie-Cation, oddly enough. If you have listened to all of the shows, Go to dorkforest.bandcamp.com, I think. The Dork Forest has a Bandcamp page. You can listen to a a lot of ones that are free from pre-2000 nine when I started pre-recording and uh, then there's uh, live episodes that cost me a couple of bucks so I charge you a couple of bucks. There's also some stand-up. There's a story uh, album that's very exciting there and um, other than that I have a lot of merch in my garage. Feel free to order if you know anybody who doesn't have any CDs or the DVD and uh, you can follow me everywhere at Jackie Cation. Let's get into the show. Hi, it's Jackie Cash. I'm in my living room, and I'm talking to longtime ranger of the Dork Forest, uh, Justin Moret Mohareb. There you go. Mohareb. I, yes. I literally looked how it was spelled and then <laughs> sounded it out. So welcome to the program at the bitter guy on Twitter. And uh, I love your background. On- <laughs> Thank you. I love this. It feels Canadian. It feels rustic. It is actually very Canadian. Uh, it's uh, it's Doc's workshop from Fraggle Rock. <laughs> I don't know if you ever watched I that. Don't. It is. I don't get that. I wish to God that I got that. <laughs> I can't express to you how much I wish I got that. Uh, <laughs> well, you just need awesome. to get a Fraggle Rock dork on here sometime. <clears throat> oh, and I think attainable goal. <laughs> yes. I don't think that's. I don't. I don't think that's not gonna. Not gonna happen. I'm excited by the dorkdom that you've chosen. Because we're going to talk uh, the thing that I enjoy, yes. which is uh, Marvel Studios. <laughs> Are you wearing a Marvel? No, I'm actually wearing a Star Wars Doctor Who mashup. So that's neither of those things. Well, technically, oh. both of those are Marvel. So there you go. Wait, did Disney buy Doctor Who? Not yet. Oh, well. <laughs> that would involve them purchasing the BBC. And I think <laughs> there may be laws in place to prevent oh. that sort of thing. Let's knock on wood. They don't need to have everything. No, it doesn't. They don't. It doesn't. They don't. They're, we spread the wealth a little bit here, people. They're far so, too powerful. They're super, super powerful. And there's only seems to be one decent Disney person. Uh, that one woman who's yes. at Disney, she seems to be sane as she sits on her Scrooge McDuck pile of money, <laughs> which actually works as yes. a reference. Literal. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
And um, so do you want to start with, let's do this, uh, Justin yes. Mohareb. Let us discuss uh, how long you, now you're more Marvel than DC, I take it. Yes. Okay. It's just, that's how you it like worked DC. out. Yeah. I mean, that's DC, how, yeah. DC's great. DC had like Superman and the Batman and all those guys. And that was fun. And, but you right. know, Marvel just, had you sucked you in, sucked yeah. you in. Me too, me too. Because I also enjoy DC, but um, but Marvel, quite quite honestly, just has more content, <laughs> and and they have yet to, they haven't really failed. There's been some things done better than other things, but there's a gajillion movies, yeah, and a pile of TV shows. the The TV shows that were done prior are not as good, even though I am a huge fan of Agents of Shield. Oh yes. I adore that show. From the beginning. Um, Where do you want to start? There is. uh, We only have an hour. We've only got an hour. I could talk for an hour. We could go (laughs) for a bit, to be honest. It is. I mean, I started uh, in, you know, when it began when I was a child. Uh, My mother came home one day and brought me two comic books to read. One of which was. Uh, one of which was part two of a Justice League Justice Society crossover where they were investigating the murder of Mr. Terrific. And this is a character who had never appeared on Super Friends. So I had no idea who he was. I just said, well, if Batman's upset, I'm upset. That's what we're <laughs> going to go for this. So, you know, I read that and it was fun. And the other one was literally a issue of Marvel Fun and Games, which was uh, crosswords and word searches and all sorts of silly stuff. Oh. But, you know, so that yeah, was how I, thing. yes, how I got started play, reading comics. And then, you know, I would go to my local corner shop because this was small town Ontario in the late 70s. We did right. not have comic stores. No, no. It's, but, uh, but they did have some comics at like the convenience store. Oh, yeah. They had the big rack. Hey, kids, comics. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, you pull them down and, you know, if you have some place, they're lucky enough to pull them aside for you because they know they'll get your money. And yeah and you know i made friends read comics and it was all big and then one day they released the official handbook of the marvel universe which i think if i had absorbed any other document as well as the official handbook of the marvel universe i would be like a priest or a lawyer or a scientist (laughs) right now instead i'm a guy who owns a lot of colorful t-shirts so that was a life choice and i made it but uh yes uh that's hilarious I was just thinking about where I got comics when, when I was about, cause I was about 11 or 12 when I first, uh, uh, and it was the hobby shop. It was a, it was like a place that had like models and glue that they kept locked up. Cause I lived in small town, Wisconsin <laughs> in the, also in the seventies and uh, people wanted to sniff glue. Huh. Uh, but the, uh, but there was, uh, there was comic books and then there was also, really pulpy novels like i read a lot of uh african merc uh novels they were thrillers about mercenaries who fought in like rwanda oh yeah uh or with the mbele it was completely insane i was like what what is this is that like eagle Uh, force or something like that that sounds familiar (laughs) i didn't keep any of them but eagle force sounds like exactly what they would have called themselves it's just written by some guy who probably owns like an ar-15 right now (laughs) and you're like come on man anyway um i uh 
I have, I'm, I'm, I belong to a Facebook group called men's adventure novels of the 1980s. And these guys are very enthusiastic about these things. <laughs> and these guys are also guys who are in their middle age, in their middle ages and enjoyed reading adventure novels. So you can see what the general vector, sure. and that's like, can we don't I, always see eye to eye on things. <laughs> well, can I recommend a series that is out of print that they probably all have disposable incomes that they had in my high school, in my junior high, that I'm very sad that they, that when those books kind of fell apart, they just threw them out instead of fixing them because they're out of print. They were called boys books and they were written in the early 1900s. And, um, some of the series, there's one series, a very classic Civil War series, which I'm sure just whitewashes uh, <laughs> everything in the U.S. Civil War. But the guy's name is Joseph A. Altshuler. And he, Joseph A. Altshuler wrote about the French and Indian War. He wrote about uh, the Civil War. He wrote about World War One, And he wrote about, um, uh, you know, essentially he's like the poor man's uh, J. Fenimore Cooper. Uh-huh. Right. There was a lot of, uh, it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Like, I wonder about <laughs> Joseph Altshuler sometimes. Like, I wonder, like, if he was one of these kind of, because he was from Kentucky and he wrote eight books about the Civil War. Four, there were two cousins fought on opposite sides. Of and and I and uh, so there's eight books and four <clears throat> in each. And so I, I do wonder about uh, sort of his sociopolitical agenda. Which uh, I don't know, but then, uh, but I also don't think that your men's group uh, might care because uh, there was a lot of good action. Good. They would definitely dig into that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I am eating into into this. Yes. So you're <laughs> so, okay. So go for I, it. So yeah, I got you know I I got into it. They released Ohatmu, which uh, yeah, that's that's the abbreviation we use. Ohatmu. You know, there's the standard Ohatmu and there's the deluxe Ohatmu and, you know. What is Ohatmu? Official Marvel handbook Universe. of the Marvel Universe. Jesus Christos. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. They, uh, <laughs> and, you know, it was like basically a page or two on every character and you would learn okay. about people you'd never seen. It's like I, everything I know about the Eternals upcoming this fall from uh, Marvel Disney. Oh is from these books because I never, it was like, you know, Jack Kirby was writing these things in the seventies. I was wearing diapers, you know? So. Okay, right. Right. Um, so, you interesting. Know. Yeah. So, so I wonder if Andy has a hot uh, because he, he is the one that I go to these movies with and I look at him sometime. And it's like, Who's that? <laughs> and because uh, it's like it's it's being married to a long box. Who doesn't want to be? That's a dick joke. It is. Uh, who doesn't want to be? Uh, who doesn't want that sort of information? Um, it the first time, like I remember, like Iron Man came out, and um, I hadn't seen the Hulk. Right, the Hulk came out officially before Iron Man. Uh, in in sort current the, MCU, the, uh, the Incredible Did Hulk it? came out a f- few months after Iron Man. Oh, they came out almost simultaneously in my mind because it feels like Iron oh, Man was. came out way before, way after it, just because it was much more impression. I it made a bigger impression on me, I think. Well, so did it made a big impression on everybody compared <laughs> to the Incredible Hulk. Because like <laughs> that is a film that you know I don't think Disney likes to pretend it even exists anymore. And that, yet I've rewatched it and I like it. Oh, I, I enjoy it. I consider it one of the MCU canon now that I've used that word and pretty much established where this is going. It's yep. Like, that's, yep. It's uh, <clears throat> yeah. So of the 23 movies, which are your favorites? Oh, 
Well, that's like choosing your favorite kid now, isn't it? Well, the thing is, is you could say, because I do, I say yeah. I love them all. But uh, so <clears throat> like for kids, yeah. like I would say Ant- Ant-Man's. Yeah, uh, I would say my favorites are uh, Guardians 2. Guardians uh, 2. Nice. Just just because it's just ego, a great yeah. the living planet. <laughs> I did. I do love how like they actually just throw in that shot of the face on the planet for like a second <laughs> in the back half of the movie. That's OK. That's great. Yeah. Uh, ego uh, Thor Ragnarok was also incredible. I loved how as they got to phase three, they started giving the creators more freedom and more because, I, you know, I like seeing what what TD and you know, Iron Man 3, I am one of the few people who will stand up for that movie, but it is a pure Shane Black film. It's set as Christmas. It's about family. I love his stuff, and I love that movie. Right. Him and that little kid have the greatest chemistry. Hmm. That That is, uh, it's about PTSD. Oh, that's yeah. what, I mean, that's what I really like about, like, for for me, what I, what I like about the MCU movies is that they... And the TV shows, current TV shows. You know, I yeah. saw Daredevil. It was <clears throat> intense. Uh, it made me want to write a Night Nurse comic book. There you go. Um, but um, the yeah, but but the MCU universe it it, it deals with like real issues. You know, yeah. like <clears throat> if you if uh, if we skip ahead to Wandavision. <laughs> oh. It's entirely about grief, grief, right? Oh, yeah. She, oh, my God. That scene where she is like that flashback. I think, I think it was it in the last episode where they show that she, you know, she drove to the, uh, to the sword office and then she drove to the house vision bought her to grow old in. That was a heartbreaker. That was like, oh, Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, it was um, out. It was amazing, which is interesting because where did Vision get the money? Because clearly Falcon can't get a loan in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I will point out that Vision was still working for Tony Stark all through that. <laughs> oh, Falcon, <laughs> Falcon was a was a fugitive from the law. You know, everyone on Team Cap, they were like hiding. You know, they were underground. Oh, right, right, right. Occasionally... So they, they lost their paychecks. Yeah. OK. All Vision has to do is like cut off one of his vibranium fingernails. You can put it down, pay, <laughs> just pay for the house of that. Right. And it was a small town in New Jersey, so it wasn't exactly Malibu. So, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was sort of Back to the Future, the first the first yeah. movie. Uh, well, that wasn't the second movie, because that was after that was after Griff took over. <laughs> it was well that uh, I just uh, was. We're just going to bounce all over the place. Uh, <laughs> it's pop culture, you guys. And but. Yeah, the second movie, my brother Phil just told me that he 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 loves the Back to the Future series. And he said the Back to the Future second movie is just an ad for the third movie. It's just an hour and a half mm. ad for the third movie. <laughs> you like so. cowboys? Because we're going for cowboys next. Yeah. And uh, mm. OK, so Guardians so 2. Yes. Just, you know, it was great. Ragnarok. Ragnarok was amazing. Uh, what you love about mm. Ragnarok? Because it was mm. it was hella. And it was the buddy movie, right? And Loki? It was a buddy movie. It was a family movie. It was about dealing with the consequences of your family's history. Okay. Uh, you yeah, know, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, you've, you got lots of, you had a little bit of uh, of Sir Hopkins, but, uh, you know, he, he definitely what, made an impact. Who was it? Sir Anthony Hopkins. Sorry. 
Uh, oh, was in was doing what? Oh, was doing oh, okay. Yeah, you know when yeah. he shows up and he's like, "I love you boys both." Oh, I'm gonna die now. <laughs> but you guys gotta live your own lives. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's <clears throat> um, yeah. You you can't hang out with all your siblings all the time, and uh, <laughs> but it does have yeah, it does have that sort of history to it. Okay. But, yeah, because I love them all, but those two are not my two of my favorites. So this is yeah, interesting to me. Yeah. Everyone takes something different away from uh, yeah. something. That's one of the great things about any type of popular culture. It's like, and you can yeah. say, yeah, this is uh, this is my thing. Right. And so, because <clears throat> if you think about it, Guardians is also about family as well. Oh, I mean, though the first yeah. one was about creating a family, and the second one was literally about finding the history of your family. And... Um, <laughs> So that is fascinating. And, um, and you so know, when, as, yes. as someone who had, you know, maybe not the best relationship with their dad growing up, you know, it's like seeing that it's like, Hey, yeah, we're going to hang out, play you're, ball. Oh, by the way, you know? Right. Yeah. You're never alone. You're absolutely <laughs> never alone. So what was the, the, it's always curious <clears> to be <throat> that, um, <clears throat> let's see. Cause, cause, when you watch the movies, it's all canon. It's all the long boxes. They go so far into the into the boxes that sometimes, you know, what I love about comic books is that they get to create their own story within it. They get yeah. to create, you know, like Bendis will just create the century. And you're like, that guy doesn't exist. What's happening? What did you? And you retconned him into somebody's life? What happened? Well, you, always and, need a, um, you always need your own Superman. <laughs> right. But there wasn't there. I mean, I think there was a Superman, wasn't there? Um, well, I mean, who, who was? There were several. They had the Squadron Supremes, uh, big dude. I can't remember, and I've forgotten his name right oh, now. That's right, Hyperion. Yeah, Hyperion. That's right. Hyperion yeah. was more the Superman, and <clears throat> he could have just written Hyperion stories, but he wanted to create the Sentry, and the Sentry is such a mess. And the only reason I know about the Sentry. <laughs> Is because he's he's in my video game. He's in my Marvel Puzzle Quest, and every time I get a cover of him, which is a level up, I'm like, who cares? <laughs> and because he always he he not only has an amazing power, he's always hitting himself. Like he, whenever he uses his power, he always destroys himself as well. Okay, that's a bit self destructive. Well, it feels on the nose too, because yeah. that's the character, right? So. Um, because there's so many different places that that these are now, you know. I mean, there's the there's the series. Um, I don't even know where to lead you. Just start talking. Let's let me play. All right. So I want to take you back to the early aughts. It was a kinder, gentler time, uh, and uh, I know it may not have been the best. Uh, stuff kind of went sideways uh, one November night in 2000, but we're not going to go there. Uh, but so they had released uh, the ultimate universe. So they did the ultimate Spider-Man that Bendis was writing where he retold some of the stories from the classic Lee Ditko years. Right. And then they released a series called the ultimates, which is basically the Avengers for this setting. Okay. And in that book, uh, they use Sam Jackson as the face of Nick Fury. And everyone was like, well, that's a very interesting choice. I wonder how they did that. And one person, some nerd on the internet, which is unfortunately 90% of the sources I have for anything I hear, which means I don't think we should trust any of it. So consider this a story told around a fireplace. Okay. 
So a nerd on the internet said that, well, yeah, Sam Jackson agreed to be Nick Fury in the Ultimates if he could play him in a movie at some time. And I'm like, that's a fascinating suggestion, nerd on the internet. I'm going to accept that as gospel. I don't know if it was actually gospel. <laughs> okay, but that's what you heard when the Ultimates came out with that. Yeah. Um, so they did that okay. story. And then, you know, the Ultimates was very much its own book. I don't know if you got to read it or not, but I don't think I did was because was that in the before they merged the two universes together? Oh, well, before. Yeah, they did. They yeah. did that after. after I never, yeah, I never read that. That the, I think the only when they started merging it, it was the Spider-Verse. That was the only one that was my introduction to the Ultimates. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't think you missed a whole hell of a lot, to be honest. They, there was too much. So I, I can't remember. I think it was Miller or Ennis or one of those guys who hates comic books and the people who read them who wrote it. Because <laughs> at one point, they have Captain America fighting a scroll, and the scroll says, Are you going to surrender now? And he says, Do you think the letter on my head stands for France? And I'm like, wow, I have no idea what you're doing with that, dude. But that's wow. That's it. And the weird thing <clears throat> is that I have said this before, before I read, I think it was Brubaker's um, Captain America. Yeah. I always thought that Captain America was a tool. Oh, yeah. I was like, I don't want any part of Why is he in this weird Amer like flag outfit? And is he a piece of work? He's, and he's quit being Captain America several times because of like, you right. know, like in the 70s, he's like, I don't dig this Nixon thing. I'm going to be nomad, the man without a country. And he That's had right. A, had the new outfit with his chest exposed so you can tell Steve Rogers either shaves or the super serum right. makes you drop. I don't know. I'm not going to judge. Right, right. He and might not be hairy. He might he be might, non hairy. That's how blonde guys roll sometimes. <laughs> and then in the 80s, uh, the government said, hey, Cap, we want you to work more closely with us. And he's like, no, I quit. And he became the captain. And, That's right. Uh, John Walker took over as Captain America. And that led on to the wonderful events of Falcon and Winter Soldier. And U.S. agent. And U.S. Uh, agent. Yeah. Yes. And uh, and Kurt Russell's son. Yes. So um, a delightful yeah. performer who I very much enjoyed in his little A&E show about uh, a surfer and magical realism. Oh, right, right. What was the name of that one? Lodge 49. Okay. And it's, All right. if you ever get the chance, uh, know that it ends on a cliffhanger. <laughs> so, okay. Yes. Fair enough. But yeah, so, you know, uh, they got Sam Jackson and uh, I most recently read that they did that without his permission. And he said, this is very uncool. What are you doing? And they're like, oh, we realize now that this is wrong. We're sorry. And he said, I'm a comic fan. It's okay. Pay me money. And we'll talk about other stuff in the future. Yeah. So, you know, it could go either way, but I'm just glad Sam Jackson apparently has, I don't know how many contract films he's contracted for, but he does whatever he wants. Right. They made peace with it. And he, and he is an amazing Nick Fury. So he does, he does a great job. Mm -hmm. So fast forward to the first Iron Man movie. Right. Now, when 2000... it comes 2008 or nine, I can't remember. Okay, sure. I do. I do remember it was before I got an iPhone. And this is significant because it indicates that I am not as big an asshole as this anecdote I'm about to tell makes me sound. So <laughs> we see Iron Man and I think we go on the Tuesday after it's come out because like, let's go see it. Sure. Uh, we'll get tickets for Tuesday. So my wife and our friend Lori and me, we go see it. And everyone has been saying, oh, you go see an Iron Man yet? No, not yet. Well, make sure you stay till after the credits. And I'm like, well, okay, I'm sure there'll be something very interesting after the credits. And, you know, we're watching it, very much enjoying ourselves. He's flying pew, pew, pew. You know, uh, the bad guys speak Arabic, which, hey, not 
it's the aughts. This thing is unfortunately common. And uh, a friend of mine who's a linguist actually pointed out that the way they speak Arabic is very interesting because uh, I can't remember the name of the big furry face guy, but when he uh, introduced himself to Tony Stark, He's being very polite and formal. And when he's talking to the other guys, he speaks a much more street uh, version. And then they use another more other formal verse version when they're delivering the uh, message to stain. So that's all very, you know, at least they showed some interest in. In in inaccuracy. (laughs) Yeah. They, yeah. um, Yeah. Which, which they, which is is more respectful than any number of the bad guys are just going to be Russian or the bad guys are just going to be Arabic or Middle Eastern, some vague Middle Eastern mm. thing. I, yeah, true lies. Or some vague Asian thing. Oh yeah. Where you're like, that guy's Korean. Yeah. He's supposed to be Chinese. What's happened? <laughs> and so, all right. No, yeah, it's uh, well, Orientalism, folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's uh, out of their minds. So at least they they tried. They, uh, they made some effort, you know, it's, and once again, uh, evil Arabs, but yeah, but you get into that film and I don't know the exact time code, but you get Clark Gregg walk in and he's Agent Coulson from Supreme right. Headquarters, International Espionage, whatever the S.H.I.E.L.D. logo they're using. And I and literally my jaw dropped when he said that, because like this guy is from S.H.I.E.L.D. He is from mm-hmm. S.H.I.E.L.D. And they just said that out loud. Yeah, they did. And I took my phone out of my pocket and I texted Cindy and my wife, Cindy, and our friend Lori. And I said, the post credit scene Nokia? with my Nokia, yeah, with my okay. black Nokia, which you can type on in the dark because, you know, ABC. Right. Well, hopefully you had predictive. Go yes. Ahead. Yes. And, and, uh, and I said, uh, the post credit scene will be Sam Jackson as Nick Fury. And this was me speculating based on nothing except that guy on the internet saying Sam Jackson wanted to play Nick Fury and Clark Gregg playing Phil Coulson over in the air. So, you know, imagine my surprise that turned out to be right. I called it. I was hundred percent correct. Why can't I do that on lottery numbers? You know, Well, except for that. Right. I mean, I literally will sit through some of these movies and Andy will go, he'll just lean over and, and say, Okay, that's interesting. Uh, remember to ask me about that. And so they're all Easter eggs. They're all, you know, it's yeah. like in in us in Ragnarok. I think there was a, a a bust of Beta Ray Bill. Yeah. And uh, in uh, on the on the world that Jeff Goldblum ruled. Yes, cigar. Um, yeah. So. And uh, yeah, so you okay, know, so so, so you I called it. I texted that. I'm very excited. And then, you know, he shows up at the end and the room goes wild. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, two months later, the Hulk comes out and they have at the, you know, the post credit scene where Tony Stark talks to uh, the General. General Ross, mm-hmm. Thunderbolt Ross, and tells him, you know, it's like he's putting together a team. And mm-hmm. then we're like, oh, my God, they're actually doing this. And they start rolling the stuff out. And they were very optimistic at that initial point. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to do a Thor movie and a Captain America movie. And then we're going to do an Avengers movie and blah, 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 blah. And at some point they sat down and realized that this would involve actually murdering Robert Downey Jr. So they said, we're going to pace these out a little bit better. Stretch out the timeline a little bit. Right. And, you know, then they had, you know, the big comic cons. uh panel did you go to did you go to comic-con i haven't been in those years no i haven't been to comic-con since like 99 oh fair enough yeah Yeah. i went i think in 
I think I went in 2004. And that was uh, the first time. And then the last time would have been 2006 or 2008 because uh, too many people, it's... even pre-pandemic, I can't, uh, I, I don't like, uh, I don't like to be jostled. Yeah. I'm anti-jostling. It's... So it went Iron Man and then First Avenger. Uh, First Avenger was, no, they had Thor in between. They right. had it was Iron Thor, Man. But, right. Iron Man, Thor, and then First Avenger, right? Yeah. So then they have half, they have. Essentially, most of the team right there. Yeah. Oh, except for that Black Widow and Hawkeye yeah. didn't, never got their own movies. They never got their own. Black Widow got introduced in Iron Man 2, which mm-hmm. I am midway through rewatching because nowadays I cannot just watch a whole damn movie. I have to like watch 10 minutes at a time, then go off and do something else. We were during the uh, during the heart of the pandemic, we were doing a rewatch and we stopped at Homecoming. That's how far we got. We got That's to. That's pretty de- pretty deep, uh, so we haven't watched Homecoming yet. But uh, Homecoming is one of my favorites, just yeah. because they finally took the Vulture, which is a lame, <laughs> a lame sea supervillain in the books, uh, and made him epic. Michael Keaton. Oh, he did. There was a reason. Job. There was a, there was it made all it made all kinds of sense. It was just awesome. He was so. his girlfriend's dad. <laughs> yes, yes, and. Um, so, and, and it made sense from, you know, at the end of, and this is, this episode of course is full of entire spoilers, but these movies oh, are yeah. 10 years old, if not 20. So, um, but the, when, when he knows who Spider-Man is, when he goes to jail, but because Spider-Man saved his life, he doesn't yeah. tell the bad guys who he is. Cause he's, he's very much, I guess, tit for tat kind of guy. He's a, he's a quid pro quo kind of, of supervillain. Yeah, and um, I did like and, uh, that. Was I think that was the Scorpion the guy he uh, was talking to? That he was talking to. I think yeah. it was. I think it was. It wasn't the lizard, was it? No, it was the Scorpion. Okay, they, they had the lizard in the uh, the Amazing Spider-Man films, and that didn't didn't, that didn't take. Pa- that didn't pan out. They yeah, uh, yeah. stuff got weird there. <laughs> the casting is amazing. Oh yeah, the the woman the woman who's in charge of casting, uh, for some reason is a genius uh, at her job. She is really, really, I mean, the fact that uh, Chris Evans played the human torch in the unlamented fantastic four (laughs) movies, which are, and the thing is, is is I will, I'm predisposed to like this stuff, right? As I'm sure you are. Um, The fantastic four was terrible. (laughs) It wasn't great. None of them have been great so far. There was trouble. There was all kinds (laughs) of trouble where I was like, no, what are you doing? <laughs> and but I have read some great Invisible Woman. I think it was either Slot or Fraction. Oh yeah. Uh, it, though it might have been uh, Clark uh, uh, Clarkson. No, Kelly Clarkson is a musician. Um, <laughs> well, you so, know anyone can write comics these days. Uh, I want to write comics. There you go. But yeah, but what? Uh, who 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 wrote the Invisible Kelly Sue, Woman? Kelly Sue DeConnick. I don't think it was she Kelly Sue She wrote Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Yeah, yeah, but um, was it a, was it a solo Sue Richard Sue uh, Storm book or was it? Yeah, okay. yeah, and so she also. But uh, there's there's two Kellys who are writing comic books, and um, and I I have uh, blessedly gotten to meet um, there's Kelly Sue DeConnick. <laughs> And there is probably well, not Joe Kelly. <laughs> it is a Joe Kelly. It's um, Kelly Thompson. It's I might I, th- I think it's Kelly Thompson. 
Yeah, because she's also writing. She's writing a bunch of stuff right now, and it's pretty great. And uh, but there's a great Sue Storm as a spy. Oh, that's perfect. Yes, and <laughs> um, and that's a great arc that is, I think, ongoing right now. Oh. And we're and we're reading that, and that's super fun. But the casting, like for Chris Evans as Captain America, was so great. And he and the interviews with him, how it, it that that role actually changed him as a person. Yeah, was kind of cool. He Have is. you read any of that? I've I follow him on Twitter, where he just seems to be just a great guy all the time, and I'm <laughs> sure that must be exhausting because even right? I. <laughs> Even I get frustrated and I don't have to deal with fans who have no comprehension of the barrier between character and performer or, you know, and his commitment, right. And his commitment to that character, you know, and being that guy, which is kind of awesome that, um, Hmm. which is interesting because the guy who the other Chris who plays um, star Lord Pratt, he kind of went off the deep end a little bit and kind of went up his own ass a little bit. So, yeah, people people always call him the worst Chris. And I'm like, well, you know, well, he I think what happened was he because it's it's true, though, because fame can go to your head. You know, like I have met people. I am in a business where I meet occasionally people who were less successful and then become more successful. And some people handle it better than other people. And uh, and so if all of a sudden. Yeah, and if you're Chris Pratt and you play the guy in the office and you're hugely successful and you're kind of a schlub on that show and then you become a superhero and hot women start throwing themselves at you, you might take advantage of that and be psyched about it. And then your wife might go, that's disappointing (laughs) and uh, we're going to have to part ways. But that doesn't mean you should also go off the deep end and become a super entitled other kind of guy. Because I, I was under the I impression he was, okay. he was all churchy now. And yeah, uh, I think he, well, but I think he found the church of making money, you know, like is, the Joel Olstein kind of church. Ooh, you know, that's not good. Well, where yeah. you're just like, you know what no, Jesus wanted? Yeah. He wanted, uh, he wanted back end. He wanted off. <laughs> uh, that was not Jesus's main point. So you want to poke in here and just, uh, and see that, uh, there's Andy Ashcraft. Hey, Andy. <laughs> We're talking his favorite uh, MCU movies are the second uh, Guardians and Ragnarok because they're both very family. Okay. All right. I appreciate that. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Go to the grocery store. store. This has been uh, a quick cameo by Andy Ashcraft. I need to make sure Uh, you get some eggs. Don't forget some some eggs. Justin would like eggs. No, you might as well get eggs. (laughs) We We could use a dozen eggs. All right. Um, In other news, news. uh, he has his own podcast called Ethics and Video Games, uh, which everyone should listen to. This has been a tiny ad for Andy Ashcraft. Justin, we'll give you an extra 10 minutes. Okay, go ahead. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I just wanted to join in the plugging and say I'm enjoying Andy's uh, podcast with, is it Shlomo? His his name is Shlomo Cher. He's going to do the, I think it's the next episode, his dorkdom. Sandcastles. Well, there you go. Which is that a is, weird and awesome uh, I, thing. I enjoy the uh, minorly tangentially. They do a big sandcastle exhibit at the uh, at the Canadian National Exhibition every year, and 
a frequent really? subject of uh, sculptures. Occasionally, people do like pop culture ones. I've seen Star Wars ones. Can't remember if I saw any Marvel ones, but let's Ooh. assume they did. Probably. it's yes. uh, Everyone wants to build. Uh, do you know that we went to Iceland? We went to Reykjavik, Iceland, and there's a church there that looks like um, the Thor's castle. Oh, there you go. It looks like the uh, it, in in Asgard. It looks like their their palace. A bit Kirby inspired. A bit, very much so. Very cool. Yes, uh, and if we are going to mention Kirby, I just want to say that I'm glad that Disney settled with his family uh, to make sure they got some pay. But I wish kind of it had gone to the Supreme Court so they could have said, "Oh no, these contracts are terrible. You need to treat your creators better." That yeah. would have been good. I would have liked to see that because uh, then everybody would have got money. I, yeah, everyone would have. Like you right. know, then then the guy who created Ghost Rider would be selling you know, illegal sketches at cons and stuff. Oh God, he needs cash. Yeah. It's like everyone, you like all these people who were working for, you know, Marvel and DC in the seventies and eighties and nineties. These are guys who were, let's just say they could use retirement and you very rarely hear about a comics artist retiring. Right. They just keep hmm. going until they fall over. And yeah. um, I will say now, I wish to, this is true, there is injustice. In other news, <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the Ghost Rider arc. Yes, that was very, oh, that was very that was cool. The, the first pandering to those people who did not <laughs> enjoy the uh, the first four seasons of, of, uh, of, of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They were incorrect, by the way. They were, I totally. Was, I, I loved Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. from the beginning just because I liked the idea of the office meets S.H.I.E.L.D. with yes. no powered characters at all. That was kind of cool. They were, well, I mean, you know, they didn't have superpowers, but they were super spies. You know, they right. had they had all the fancy gadgets and you had Ward, who was a fairly, you know, they they introduced him great because like nobody liked him at the beginning. And then I was like, oh, I guess he's like, oh, wait, he's actually evil. He is he's super. He's the super, super villain. He's, he's a bad yeah. man. He's a <laughs> bad person who never. And yeah. you, you're just like, he has that redemption of, you know, Hitler liked Ava Braun. That's not <laughs> enough. It's not enough, buddy. I know you like dogs. Still not enough. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, the, uh, yeah, that's uh, completely, it was, yeah, it was all gadgets in that first season. And then they're like, oh, people don't like it. So then we have to make somebody inhumans. Yeah. And they brought in the inhumans and you're psyched. And then, so it's weird that they, they go in humans. But they don't then, go the inhumans. It's like, yeah, these are other inhumans. They live over here. But, you know, they get a card from Black Bolt every Christmas. <laughs> uh, but it's obviously mass produced. You know, it's like. Longtime friend uh, and fan of the show, Steve Mandel, um, has po pointed out what I never even thought about, which was why doesn't Black Bolt have a whiteboard? <laughs> Why does he have to thought to his to Medusa and then she's got to repeat everything he says? Well, I mean, for a while he did some sort of sign language. Sign language? And then okay. she would, uh, you know, she would translate. And I assume that every member of like the royal family speaks, you know, Atalan sign language. I and, hope so, yeah. because she could be just be editing whatever. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you know what he really he really wanted to order the chicken. And he's just sitting there going, no, no, I actually did. I've, I've gone vegan. What's happening? All right. I'm having the chicken. <laughs> and he says tofu and the entire world is destroyed. Oh, my God. 
tofu. Ah. <laughs> Good old. Yeah, that is, that's a heck of a um, – how does he learn the level of when he whispers what level it does, you know? Sure, that was outlined in some, some something in, in some, the 70s. Like, I also want Namor. I want Namor with the power of the sun to be in the MCU mm. at some point, And I want him to bring Killmonger back to life. That would because, be neat. I've heard about that. they tossed that, him yeah. into the ocean. They tossed yes. him into the ocean. Namor's got to find him, reanimate <laughs> him, bring him back. Well, that depends, you know, if they embalmed him first or not. I don't. <laughs> oh, I don't think they did. Because yeah. he was like, no, just throw me into the ocean. And... I don't, you know, I would, I would like, I wish we could have seen more of Killmonger, but he had a very good arc and, yeah. uh, you know, in the end he, uh, you know, he had, he had good points, but he may have not oh. been going about them in what could be the best ways. And I honestly, I really enjoyed Black Panther. I just mm-hmm. don't feel comfortable discussing it. Cause it's like, not my story to tell. <laughs> right. Well, and the, the crazy thing is, is when, when you look at the, the story of, of Black Panther and, because Killmonger is right, you know. Killmonger, there, oh, yeah. there's, there's, there's definitely. Uh, I have had. I think I, I think it was Joyelle Johnson who just did an episode. Uh, she talked about Black Panther. I did a, a mini episode with her. A spoiler. Go back uh, in time and look for that, Rangers. Um, and she was talking about how everyone was on board with Killmonger until he killed um, the guy. Forrest uh, Whitaker? Yeah. Was that Forrest Whitaker? I think it was, the actor. They're like, when he killed Forrest Whitaker, we were all like, oh, I see. He's actually evil. And Well, I don't know. When he shot his girlfriend, I was like, oh, mm, yeah. that was very yeah, yeah. necessary, Eric. That was unnecessary. <clears throat> it was the same with the Flag Smashers in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. You're yeah. like, one world, one people. I'm on board. I'm on board. Yeah, treat people then- nice. Sure. Get people medication. Why not? Blow up a bunch of people. Wait. <laughs> right, right. Get housing for people. The, the the reanimation after the after the snap, right after everyone's yeah. dusted, the reanimation, the re undusting, was so fascinating in Wandavision. Oh my God! When they showed that, I was like, "What is? What is this? What is that? Oh, this is what is happening." And, mm-hmm. I was, and the best part, okay, if I can, one of my things I love about Wandavision is that you have to, if you look at things from Wanda's perspective. One day, she and Vision are hanging out in Scotland doing their little runaway. I don't know how often they do it, but apparently occasionally they both leave their team cap and team Iron Man and go hang out somewhere, spend a nice romantic weekend. That's great. Uh, you know, they're doing that. And he's like, let's not do this anymore. Let's just let's go together and make ourselves legitimate as legitimate as we can be. Maybe he's already bought the house at that time. Yeah. And then, you know, she, he probably was going to give her that. And then. Some aliens attack. He gets stabbed. They fly to Wakanda. He, they try and take the soldier out. Doesn't work. She has to murder him to try yeah. and keep Thanos from destroying the universe. And then he brings him back and kills him anyway. This is the day before for her. And right. then she gets snapped away. Then yeah. she gets snapped back and walks through a portal where she smacks Thanos very enthusiastically. Everyone knows, yeah, she was the one person on the field who was showing him what time it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, like, and like literally a week or two later is when WandaVision happens. This is the crap she has been through in one day for her. 
Right. Her that, brothers died in the last year. Yeah. Hers, her, her fella's gone. Yes. There's no, yeah, everybody's dead. There's you know, no, her yeah. family's gone. It's like her, you know, her brother who she grew up with, you know, and mm-hmm. it is probably the one person who she could talk about anything with. And now the vision yeah. who she loves and, right. you know, you know, she had to kill him. That was literally right. from her perspective, kill the vision. He gets brought back. How traumatic is that right, right. there? So she's gone mad. Yeah, she's she literally, had... she's gone off the deep end. And so she's just <laughs> recreating this reality. Uh, yeah. And what about when Quicksilver from the X-Men shows up? That was great. That was a piece of cunning uh, production on the part of the creators because that was you know a bait for the fans that's like oh look it's this guy and you know it's like everyone's like is that's the guy who played quicksilver in the x-men and it's like yes well you know in your brain it is in this world it's ralph boner from next door right right and, <laughs> and then they played that and it's like oh there is nothing not evil about you and i love that Right. There's so many layers to that. And in the blind whispering, there's this thing. Uh, uh, did you what happened was is when when there's closed captioning, right, yeah. for the, the hearing impaired. And then there is blind whispering for people who are visually impaired, right. which is called audio description. The descriptive That's what it's audio. Yeah. Yeah. So in the audio description, they say the actor who played Quicksilver in the X-Men movies. Yes. So that you didn't lose it. So you didn't, so you're like, Oh, so yeah. you've got it. So you could get it even if you were visually impaired, which I love the explaining of the Easter eggs in the audio description. That's yeah. all I want. I just want that. <laughs> I want that forever. And I, and I want a series where we just get to see the re the undusting of, uh, of, a, of billions of people. Just, just show so, like one or two stories about people popping back in. Cause like in one uh, shots in, in far from home, like, you know, yeah. it was like, boom, we're all back. Yay. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, you know, end game, they didn't even show it. It's like, you yeah. know, Hulk snapped his fingers and it's like, is this, are they back? It's like, I think so passes out. And then, you know, Sam, the first thing you know that it worked is when Sam whispers in caps here, which blew my mind. That was a great night. I saw that film twice. And yeah, both times that just, that was just so sweet. Just that he came back first, Mm. but yes. Uh, Describe that scene. Oh yeah. So So that people have not seen it. If you, if you haven't seen it. uh, (laughs) (laughs) So I think those, those two adventure movies (laughs) were so, they were, they were so busy for me. They were so intense. I could have, it could have been four movies for me. That's what I like about the the series. Yeah, th- you know? they really decompress stuff. I don't love that in comics, but I can enjoy that in a in a movie versus. Yeah, in uh, in Endgame, you know, the Avengers do the time heist to get to reassemble the uh, Infinity Stones after Thanos destroys them. He uses mm-hmm. the stones to destroy the stones. Smart, but a dick move. Uh, so. Uh, <laughs> So they they reassemble them, and you know the only person who can use them without dying is the Hulk. So you know he snaps his fingers to bring everyone back, and then Thanos attacks because he's the king of timing, blows the crap out of the Avengers headquarters. Uh, they're all scattered to the winds in this very small location. So you know a bunch of them are buried alive. Uh, Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor fight Thanos and lose. 
quite specifically. He beats the crap mm-hmm. out of everyone. Although you do mm-hmm. get that one glory moment of cap lifting Mjolnir and smacking a crap out of Thanos with that. That got a cheer. That got a pop from the crowd. And I have to say that when I saw that, that was not I. You will notice in all the Avengers movies, Falcon Sam Wilson never is given the option to to try to lift it, and he, I posit that he could have. Oh, he oh because definitely. he nobody hmm. nobody is more on the is more true to his character throughout the entire series than Sam Wilson. And even though he only has, you know, six or eight scenes over three movies, he's amazing. I, I you know, I that's definitely true. He, no one is more noble and worthy, but I don't know if the hammer's racist or not. You gotta. The, oh, because of I don't think so, because yeah, well, they, they yeah. mix it up because of Heimdall. And they, there was racist people who lost their shit that Idris Elba played Heimdall. Oh, my and God. And you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. Did something happen in a fictional? It's a stork <laughs> made with a brain on it, you idiot. There was a Facebook group called Boycott Thor uh, because they did not like that Elba was playing Heimdall. And every week I would go into that group and say, oh, hey, guys, great job. Thor made this much at the box office this week. And yeah. that was that was my uh, I tried to go back and it's just like a pure white supremacist thing now. So I'm like, hey. oh. Yeah, you guys could fuck yourselves. Uh, yeah. uh, please do murder suicide, but in the other order. <laughs> so, um, the it's um, bad people. Yeah, it's so, such bad people. It's every rock in this <clears throat> country is turned over. Anyway, so but yes, um, I, I, th- yeah. I think you're definitely right. I think Sam Wilson could get a chance with that. He hammer. could. It would have been great. It would have been so great if he would have been the one too. But I get why they did Captain America because he's Captain yeah. America, Captain and America. then. Yeah, and he's in my Marvel Puzzle Quest. That's one of the characters you can play is Captain America with the hammer. Oh, beautiful. Oh, my God. Yeah, super fun. I would. Super fun. Do they have an action figure of Cap holding the hammer? They probably do. And if they don't, someone has modded that. Someone has modified something to make it so. Someone has just taken the hammer and put it in his hand and said, yay. Finally. Did you ever read the JLA Avengers crossover? Uh, No, but I heard about it. What I forget what that is. Who wrote that? it was uh, Buziak and Perez. So oh, it's Kurt pretty Busiak, much. Buziak, everything he <clears throat> writes, I want to read. Oh, yeah. I adore and, his And stuff. Perez, I love, uh, but I, I, can't, <clears throat> I can't name everything Perez has done, but I can, I'm on board. Well, he, name something and he's probably done it because that guy has okay. had a huge career, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so they did a crossover. They'd, there was a plan to do it in the 80s and it blew up because the people in charge of Marvel and DC were schmucks. So the people at Marvel and DC said, let's make a lot of money and produce a book together. And they did. And it was great. But like, I think the third or fourth issue is a picture of Superman holding Captain America's shield in one hand and Mjolnir in the other. And oh, that is. Yeah. Because icon. that makes sense. Awesome. Yes. Because that is Superman as well. And um, though, I don't know. Did you ever read the Mark Wade irredeemable and, and incorruptible? I did not. It uh, they, a little. It is. Excessive. It's super dark. Yeah. Uh, quite honestly, hmm. Irredeemable was not my favorite. Uncorruptible. Wait, Uncorruptible was the Superman story. Irredeemable was the supervillain story set in the in the superhero story. Okay. So, and the way it ends is epic. It is beautiful. Because I also read, is it Astro City? Yes. Is that Astro the Busiek? Yeah. All of, we've, I've read almost all of those. Oh, yeah. And those is. are, those oh, are always so amazing. Good. 
Yes. I often I often wish that someone instead of just adapting the boys again would just do Astro City. Uh, but, yes. Uh, yes. Just, give us something. Or give top it. ten. Did you ever read top ten? I didn't. I Moore was producing so much at that time I couldn't keep yeah. up with all of them. But it's top, impo- 10 look, top ten look yeah. neat. It is, is it? neat. And my favorite, do you remember Hill Street Blues, the, the television show? Oh, yeah. Uh, the, it was, it sort of felt like that. That was one of the first series I ever read in 2003 when Andy started handing me stacks of comics. <laughs> and he was like, just try this. Just try. What about this guy? What about that guy? And uh, so top 10, the the sergeant, the one who said, be careful out there in Hill Street Blues. Oh, yeah. In top 10. Essentially, that's what I that's what I thought that was. <clears throat> it was Hill Street Blues, and the sergeant was a Doberman pitcher. There you go. And I was uh, happy as a clam that it was a Doberman pitcher. There. Okay. Uh, yes. We we only have we're we're almost at an hour, which okay. is insane. I we're not really, but I do want to <laughs> talk about. Um, okay, I want to ask you one question okay, before we please. do anything else. All right. So you have seen all of them. You have seen Spider Man Homecoming. I have. All right. Now you recall at the end, we see that Nick Fury is actually Talos undercover for Nick Fury. Oh, right. Here's a question I want to ask you. How many times when we've seen Nick Fury, has it actually been Nick Fury? And when has it been Talos? Oh, follow-up question. Is there a real Maria Hill or is it always Soren? Cause we know there's a real Nick Fury. Because, you know, he's yeah. the guy who met Talos in Captain Marvel. Let's assume yeah. like, like, you know, in Iron Man and the and maybe all the phase one stuff. That's Nick Fury, Nick Fury. But when did Nick Fury decide he had to go off into space and start doing whatever he's doing in space with the scrolls? Like, you know, what was that? Uh, was that after Avengers Age of Ultron? Was that, you know, or was it, you know, was was the Nick Fury who goes who okay. busted? Okay. My- in end the hairs <laughs> on my arm just went up. You have literally blown my mind. When? What do you think? Uh, I I think it was after Age of Ultron. I think if it was not always, then we had a significant periods where Talos was covering for him, which still also allows us for having a real Maria Hill. Although, yeah, there has to be a real Maria Hill. I want there to be a real Maria Hill. I love Maria Hill. Colby Smulders is amazing as that character. I honestly wish uh, that we could see more of her in the role because she's, you know, she's a very, uh, I, I first was introduced to, the, to her as a performer on uh, How I Met Your Mother. And, okay. and then she gets these, you know, and she was, you know, she was playing a very funny, but also very rough person because she was Canadian. And uh, so, <laughs> yeah, so then she gets cast as uh, Maria Hill. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. And, you know, you know, Avengers, she's mostly filling out Nick Fury's forms and occasionally shooting at people. But sure. like, you know, civil, I mean, Captain America, Winter Soldier, she is like full on there. She's like beating guys up and, you know, mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. of the extendable batons, whacking people, all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes. And I wish she, I don't, I don't not like Sharon Carter and Falcon Winter Soldier, but I kind of wish Maria Hill was also in there. And I do love that Julia Louise Dreyfus comes in. Um, yes, that is very, that I've, is awesome. I'm led to believe that her character is actually supposed to get introduced in Black Widow. I hope that's not a spoiler, but. Oh no, that's, uh, uh, and I don't care anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, I've, 
because here's have I have told this story several times, and I, they will not do it uh, because it's the opportunity. The window is sort of closed for it. But Andy had the greatest idea for a one shot. When they stopped making those one shots, oh, it kind of hurt me broke my heart. a little bit. Yeah, because they were so good. <clears throat> and um, Andy's idea for a one shot was in the I think it was the it was not alt. What was the one where they're all at the party, but uh, Pepper Potts and uh, Jane Foster were not at the party. Yeah, that was that was Ultron? Age, that was Age of Ultron. Okay, so neither one of those were in it. Andy wanted there to be a one-shot where they were at <laughs> dinner. Yes. Just having a conversation about some sort of scientific uh, financial cooperation between their two companies. Uh, funding, funding some research for uh, Funding Jane some Foster. research. And then at the end of it, and they mention they do not mention Thor or Iron Man at all yes. during dinner, and they pull out, and the name of the restaurant is Bechtel's. There you go, perfect. What Beautiful. a bad, so great, and they uh, they they missed an opportunity, but you can't think of everything, <laughs> and I understand that. I, but, I, uh, I really enjoyed those. I like those. They had some a funny thing uh, happened on the way to Thor's hammer. It was a great one of the bit. great. Yeah, that was a great bit. Uh, the consultant um, was was good. You get to see. Uh, yeah, you get to see. Uh, Colson and Coulson. Uh, what's his face, uh, whose name I can't remember, but the other guy, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Yep. You know, they- yeah, it's it's so good. So now let's take some time here. Yes. Is there anything because Falcon and Winter Soldier was so WandaVision was this amazing. So I have a couple of friends who have not been able to watch WandaVision or Falcon and Winter Soldier. They're they're just like I don't know that I have enough backstory. I don't know. It's so weird, and they're weird. They are like WandaVision is super weird. Um, you have to kind of stick it out. I think to the third episode. It's it's its own weird thing, but it's like that's what I love is the first two episodes are so short because they are just sitcom episodes. Yeah, they're just twenty two minutes, and and then you're done. And then they get a little bit longer, and then we get to meet Monica Rambeau, and uh, and I'm psyched that uh, yes, the Marvels so looking forward to that. Yeah. Oh God. And but the and also the um <clears throat> right because Monica Rambeau will be in the Marvels, right? And, yeah, and Kamala Khan. Okay. Yeah. Um, TV show, cartoon. What's happening? The Marvels oh, no. is going to be this Captain Marvel sequel. It's a Captain Marvel sequel. Yes, and they're but going to have there Monica. Also, a Kamala. Um, yes, there's going to be a Ms. Marvel series. That's going to be Ms. Marvel series. series. Yeah, she's, right. Okay. She's joining the MCU in a in a in a Disney Plus series. Okay, that's it. And um, yes. Oh yeah. And uh, and so, but I think that by the time they reintroduce, first of all, that guy from 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 Ant Man is back. Yes. Uh, Agent Wu, and um, <laughs> so, and then with his with his close up magic. <laughs> oh, it made so much sense because of Ant-Man <laughs> that he was good at up-close magic. And then uh, also from Thor, the PA, yes. who obviously went back Darcy. and became a, Darcy became a scientist. And um, I was like, it all kind of brought it together. So, yes, you do have to have backstory. There's, yeah. But do you, you, do you need just the backstory plow- or can you not enjoy it on its own? Because it's just I think very if much you a- just plow through it and you will just like the characters as they are introduced, I think. Yeah. Uh, see, I can't I, I have difficulty viewing it from that perspective because, you know, this is so much part of my cultural DNA. Like I right. said, reading those 
damn Ohatmu books when I was a kid, you know, and it's like, you know, oh, yes, of course, Captain America could lift so much more than a man of his average workout because of the super soldier serum. Right. And And then uh, when Falcon will not kiss a girl until I'm 30. But no. (laughs) What's that? I was making a joke about this. Okay, fair enough. I was like, what just happened? I was like, did I miss something in the Ohat? So, (laughs) yeah, they made the the shield heavier for Sam Wilson because he is not a super soldier. He is only he's a really he's a buff guy. But, he's just know, a buff guy. He's not hold a helicopter strong. No, he is yeah. not hold a helicopter strong with one arm yeah. because he doesn't have a bionic arm. Yes. And uh, which is why they have him sweating more and why they have him the, the you know, and he's mm. got to keep the jetpack. He's got to keep the Falcon. Is, so is, is that also, do you think a thing about, uh, about, you know, you got to work twice as hard to be considered half as good? Um, if they're doing that, that's um that's a terrible message okay because uh it's not it's just it's just the way you know it's just how that's frequently african-americans say that's the way they're perceived if you want to be considered half as good as a white man you have to work twice as hard well yeah because no one is allowed to be mediocre and the hero of the story except for white men but um but it's it's the the one part of it that i thought because they dealt with race so well in it. And the, there oh, yeah. was just, you know, I am, my own racism is revealed every three or four months. I am currently reading a children's book because I didn't, I wanted it to make it through this. Right. I was like, dumb it down. Give me the, give me the fifth grade version so that I, cause I, I see what I see, but there is, it's called, uh, there is an adult version. I will eventually <laughs> read the adult version. Uh, but the, um, the kids version that I'm reading right now is, uh, it's called stamped for kids. And, uh, okay. it is by, uh, this gentleman, this, uh, Jason Reynolds and Ibron Kendi. So, it's oh, called yeah. Stamped for Kids, and I have uh, I have finished reading it. But here's the thing: it's short, it's dumbed down, like it's it's for children. It's yeah. for fifth graders. It's for ten year olds. And there is one called Stamped for Teenagers. I will read that one next. And it introduces. It just goes through the history of how race. It's called. It's about racism, anti racism, and how um, all the things have been used. Right. So. Um, and all the things by I'm I'm talking about are uh, legislation, yeah. words, actions, television, movies, and um, and 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 all these things. So in Falcon and Winter Soldier, we get to meet um, Isaiah. Isaiah, yeah, who Kyle Baker wrote and draw, drew that. Oh, that was and so good. It was so good, mm. and it was called Red, White, and Truth. Truth Red, White, and Red was it Red, White, and Black. Red, white, and black, truth, yeah. whatever. And he had six of the seven flimsies, right? Yeah. And he was like, I don't, I don't think they ever he ever finished it. And I found the seventh one, and I gave it to him for his birthday uh-huh. one year. And, uh, and then for a short amount of time, they printed it at Collected. And I bought a couple of them when they had them out. Oh, that's great. Uh, but it's it's out of print right now. That's a but bad. It's, it's it's terrible because it's but it is available on Comixology, I believe. That was going to be my next question. Because, yeah, yeah, because it is so good. It was a and very it, good story. It just it talks about the super soldier serum and who they tested it on and why, of course, 
that they would have tested it on, uh, you know, soldiers of color that, and then not allowed the one that succeeded to wear the uniform. Yeah. So, yeah. See, and I was yeah, going to, I was going to bring up super soldiers as the next thing, because that was all, that was what really tied the incredible Hulk thing in. But yes, no, Isaiah was, it was great to see him great to get his backstory that they put him into the MCU and that his grandson is there and he will definitely the Patriot. Get, yeah. Yep. Young Avengers. It will happen. And yes. yeah. So it, it, the way they dealt with, you know, it was, it was, because I know that the, the, the blowback on that was from white supremacist fans, right? Mm-hmm. Fans who were like, yeah, why do we got to talk about this stuff? Well, we talk about everything, you know? That's the greatest thing about comic books yes. is that they could talk about everything, exactly. including drug addiction, including homosexuality, including race, including gender uh, problems, you know, misgendering and, and um, sex misogyny itself. You know, that that Captain America arc, that Captain Marvel arc where she gets uh, raped by the alien oh, to yeah. have the baby and then she comes back and you're like, what just happened? And she's like, and nobody came and got me. Nobody um, came. It was, well, the thing is, you know, I, I was very young when I read the Avengers annual. That was the follow-up to that. I read that way before I read Avengers 200. And I'm wondering if I had read Avengers 200 first, you know, would I have been, Oh, what a weird quirky space thing to happen to Captain Marvel. And now her boyfriend's dead instead of like, you know, you know, that Jim shooter story, which was, terrible because you know once again unacknowledged rape let's let's not stand right. let's not and ignore kidnapping. that and kidnapping yeah, and all of it a, a, a abduction rape forced impregnation all of it bad mind control all of these things no these right. are not these are not the things right. you should write off as whimsical romantic storylines and then chris right, right. claremont Very, comes in yeah chris claremont comes in and like basically has her tear the avengers in half she like leaves captain america beaten worse than the red skull ever has on the floor and it's like why the hell did you guys let him do this and you know it's one of the great things about that i've recently learned you know about chris claremont is that he has written so many great just nuggets that have been turned into movies that have been turned into tv shows the plots of almost all of the stories are chris claremont and that man's he should have a giant bag of money that oh he does he has a jet oh really yes i was i got to meet him at a convention once and i did not know who it was i was you know looking through a uh some videos trying to find something for my wife because her birthday is right after this local convention and mm-hmm. i found an issue an episode of the avengers where uh where Emma Peel is dressed up in the thing, which he, which was a very strong inspiration for the uh, Dark Phoenix. Have we gone over? I am terrified that we have, and I really we hope. have. Okay, that's all right. No, <laughs> but um, but I, but I was going to give this an extra ten minutes just okay. because I keep talking. It is, it is a, it is a pleasure to speak with you about this subject, which we both care about so much. So I find this. <laughs> so I find the Hellfire Club episode of the, of the Avengers, and I'm looking at it, and then there's Chris Claremont standing right next to me. And I see it's him and I introduce myself like, oh, I should really buy this for you because it inspired so much in that book. He's like, A, I've already got a copy. B, it bought me a jet so I can get my own copy. And I'm like, oh, well, there oh. you go. You know, way to go, Chris. Because oh, I'm, assuming, that's hilarious. He had, I'm yeah. assuming he had a good contract when they were adapting the X-Men movies. 
Well then, good. I'm glad yes. he. I'm glad he uh, was successful from that because everybody. I mean, there's so many different. You know, I there's an episode about Batman and that I did uh, mm. with Scott Rogers, an episode of The Dork Forest, where the guy who created Batman just stole from all of his friends. Bob Kane. And that's it. And um and so I I couldn't remember his name, but the thing is, it's it's good to hear a good story about it. So. Let's spend the last couple of minutes talking about Loki. Let's talk about Loki. I'm enjoying it so far. We're three so episodes so in. Yes. Yes. I am, conf- I am as, as has been stated, predisposed to like it. Um, don't know what the hell is going on. No. No. Where did, where and- did variant Loki come from and what is her plan? She wants to get to the timekeepers. Or- right. And is she Sylvie? Is she the his girl? Is 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 she his his little friend from before that he shared his his powers with? Um, which is in the comics. Okay, I was like, um, I must have missed that episode <laughs> when he was a child. Yeah, they, there 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 was this great uh, where he was growing up, and he he grew up not on Asgard, not with his mom. He grew up okay. with Sylvie, and Sylvie was, I think, from from Hades. Okay, and I can't remember all of the things about it, and uh, which like, means that, like the Greek Hades or like uh, Asgardian like, Niflheim or hell, uh, like the Greek Hades, I believe, okay. and uh, Mephisto, and um, so <laughs> we could do an hour just on Mephisto. Oh my god! Right, because we don't know. Right, <laughs> I mean, when it when um, obviously all of this is leading into the Doctor Strange movie. Yes. And um, there's, and uh, the the judge in Loki, yes, uh, Ravana, yeah, Ben Rensler. Uh, no, Ravana. I thought her name was uh, something like that. She is the girlfriend of Kang. Okay. And uh, Kang the Conqueror is a time traveling uh, supervillain. Yes. So, um, amusingly enough, the father of the guy who abducted Captain Marvel. Right. And, but the, I think that, so there's, it's leading into all of this stuff, but I want, I think Tom Huddleston deserves his own show so much that I want it to be mm. like, I don't know what the hell they're doing on that planet in the, in the, in those, in that apocalypse right now. That, I, I, that was just a neat character minute. Just him and him and the variant hanging out, you know, going right, through it was their own 45 minutes of, of, of building that relationship you know what it reminded me of one of those movies for the 70s where two people would be shackled together who literally hated each other yeah yeah and yeah. you know oh, it's okay. like they they're running away from, from the cops the... yeah they got yeah. off the chain gang okay and you know it's like they're just trying to get out of town and you know it's like i did love that last scene that was the when when the sh- when the arc gets destroyed and everyone's like oh oh we're screwed you know yeah yeah Okay, and they didn't stop it. Yeah, and that's where they ended the show. Yeah, I don't know. Like, are we going to follow these two variants, and they're just going to die at the end of this? Because there's only three more episodes. I heard that they are going to do a second series. I heard they're doing a, a sequel. Already to Loki. They're planning it. It is. It is part of. I'm assuming phase five, season two huh. is in development. Is there a season two for Falcon and uh, Winter Soldier and Captain America? I hadn't heard that yet, but I do. Okay. I believe they're doing a Captain America four starring Sam Wilson. 
Awesome. Yes. And uh, War Machine is getting his own series. Okay. He's going to be leading the uh, Armor Wars series. Okay. It's a... I like War Machine. I, I wouldn't mind because the thing is, is I didn't know anything about Bucky Barnes before Winter Soldier and, and Falcon and Winter Soldier, and now I like him. Yeah. Now, now, now I'm uh, the fact that they fleshed him out. I was like, okay, so I do like the casting on that, and because um, she is amazing. Yeah. The, that casting woman, she's you're just like, how the hell did you pick these people? Because they're amazing. Like even Monica Rambeau, you're just like, that's Monica Rambeau. All yeah. of a sudden, she and yeah. I, was, I don't know if she, did you think she did the casting for Deadpool? I can't remember. I can't. I don't. I'm can't honestly imagine. don't know it's who Fox. I don't know who the casting director is for the MCU. So okay, I it's need, the same woman through the yeah. whole thing. Then she needs to be recognized. I need to know who this woman is so I can send her a Christmas card saying thank you very much for all the hard work you've done. Yeah, you know, you've stuck the landing a hundred times, every single Even, time. Paul Rudd, the guy's 55 <laughs> years old. How is he Ant-Man playing a 35-year-old guy but looks like a 35-year-old guy? Well, that's, you know, Paul Rudd's uh, nighttime regime is, must be incredible. That, <laughs> that, the fact that man is not a spokesman for Estee Lauder is a failure on so many levels. It's true. I'm assuming he plies it with a trowel every night. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Justin Moharib. Moharib. Yes. Okay. Yes. Say it fast. Say your name. Mohareb. Mohareb. Okay. Justin Mohareb. My name is Jackie Cation, and we have been talking for over one hour. <laughs> so we could talk forever, and yes. I may do uh, an episode that I was going to do, but then you said MCU. There's just too many movies, too many TV shows, and too many comic books to not do a thousand episodes about if we if we just look when Stan Lee started, we're going, you know, the with, from the Fantastic Four to now, we're talking decades. You know, the yeah. MCU's been on for over ten years, dozens of movies, hundreds of hours of television. Yes, it's it's a lot to talk about if you like it. And yep. I and have we, no shame. And we have, oh, that's what we're ending on. Uh, <laughs> it's at the bitter guy, and it's Justin Mohadeb. And uh, thank you so much for doing the show. Thank you very much for having me. I, uh, I am honored to be your guest. And I will say the thing that I always say at the end, which is Rangers, you, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay. Oh, my God. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?